Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello everyone, welcome back to part three of the Stompcast. It is a glorious day. We're having, are you enjoying the wonder? I am. I'm getting start. my steps up. You, we've done so Bella well. Bella is with us, so Bella's the dog's had it. a great walk. She's had a swim and she's had a flirt as well. She it's has. Been a good, it's I been almost a good, thought it was a lucky it's a good day. day. It's a good day all around. <laughs> it's a beautiful day. And uh, thank you so much for sharing so much that you have so far. You've been so open and... Uh, you kind of said we could chat a little bit about an area as well that's close to your heart, which is about around menopause. And yeah. I just wondered if you could share your story because you had to, or you underwent some operations and things, and yeah. you've obviously had such an experience around uh, menopause. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about yeah. what's happened, and maybe we can share some, some from that, li- some, some yeah, some lessons, kind of life lessons, and some, some kind of yeah. help and advice for anyone that's experiencing that at the yeah, time absolutely. or wants to learn more. Really, I suppose like for so the reason that I went into early menopause is because um, basically I'm a BRCA2 positive cancer gene carrier, which means that I have 85% risk of breast cancer and over 40% risk of ovarian. And I found this out when Faith was six uh, weeks old. And so I was faced with a few options and I decided to have a double mastectomy and reconstruction to eradicate the 85% risk of breast cancer or at least minimalize it to 1% instead of 85. And then after I had my second child, AJ, I had a total hysterectomy um, when I was 35. And that put me into immediate menopause. Um, So was I 35? Let me do the math. Yeah, 35. Yeah, I'm 44 this year. Jesus. So so people... So I've been in menopause for nine years. So for people to just understand broadly, so um, the hormones around um, the, the female reproductive cycle, you've got one centre in the brain, the pituitary gland, which does a lot of the work. You've also got your ovaries, which obviously release your eggs, but also do a lot around the hormones. And when you have a hysterectomy, a total hysterectomy, you're removing all of the... Yeah. The, the womb, as well as uh, both ovaries, which induces the uh, menopause. Yeah. The menopause we often talk about at the age of 50 to 52, uh, whereby that transition happens where someone's fertile to not having fertility yeah. after the menopause as part of the aging process. But by removing it, we're inducing it, aren't we? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, I, I went into this, into this decision to eradicate the risk of ovarian cancer and didn't really understand the consequences of early menopause or menopause in general because my foresight was just to get rid of the risk so that I was still there for my family. Mm. Um, And what I found was a rocky road and, um, you know, I suppose you don't wake up and all of a sudden think, oh my God, now I feel the menopause. It doesn't happen like that. There's a lot of my friends that are going perimenopausal or even are not ready to admit they are 
with all the symptoms at hand, I think we're still not quite at the point where it's okay to talk about these symptoms and how people are feeling. You know, there's an array of them. It's not just when your period stops. Like that's like the final moment, usually, right? Naturally, your final moment is your period stops, there you go. That's evident. It's all the years that lead up to that point where maybe you could seek solace in, in HRT or, or other, you know, other things that you want to go down the route of natural remedies, whatever your bag is. But it's recognizing those symptoms earlier on that can change your life. Because a lot of women, and, and I did as well, I suffered in silence for quite a while with things like um, forgetfulness, irritation, um, itchy skin, headaches. Obviously, you know, there's, there's certain things in the menopause that people allude to it that, that know what they're going that think they're going to get, like the headaches and loss of libido and things like that. But, but also comes, you know, mind blanks and brain fog and just like, absolutely not knowing what you're supposed to do in that moment in time and um and and losing the rag so easily with your family um and then the family suffers so the same kind of thing that we talked about with addiction i i know with the work that i've been doing with menopause and other people i've been speaking to other men in general or other partners of, of women who have gone through this they also suffer a lot in silence and 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 whilst the women are going through this so the husbands sit there and don't know what to do and they've lost their person that they love and it's it's really it's really hard to navigate people through that because you know yes there's advice and more people are talking about it but it's still not okay to talk about it the thing is about stigma is that it is it prevents people from there's a few different things number one it prevents people from actually even knowing or hearing about the support that's available because it's just not talked about mm -hmm. but secondly it prevents people then making that crossover between like, okay, I'm struggling with this and I'm going to access that support. There's like so many yeah. barriers um, and, uh, to it. Yeah, and I think with menopause, it's it, it is it's a massive gray area of whether you are in perimenopause or not, you know, because these symptoms that you get through menopause and early menopause is, you can relate to having a bad day, you know, having a headache, you haven't drunk enough water, and you can pass off all of these signals that your body is naturally trying to tell you as other things. So the more that we get out there and the more information that is out there and able to access and actually in a, in a fun way maybe, then the more that maybe actually I've got X, Y, Z, today I've got a lot of symptoms and I'm kind of you know of that age where maybe I might be perimenopausal let's get checked out you can't get checked out unless you go and get checked out you you won't know if you're depleting in your hormone levels unless you go get checked out that's the thing about it mm. you can second guess everything but unless you actually go do you know what I think I might be perimenopausal I'm having these symptoms can I have my hormones checked it's only then then you can look for help and, and what you need to replace them if you need to yeah, and it's important to say, I guess, that like, um, and this is racking my brain back to almost med school days, but um, around 90 to 95% of people by the age of 52, 53 will have been through the menopause mm -hmm. and then, then, then they've, they're post-menopausal. -menopausal. But of course, 
the kind of um, the variation of when that starts can yeah. be huge. It can be a couple of years in your late 40s or it could be a decade or even more. And of course, yeah. we talk about in, in the situation that you were in, you had an operation which induced that. Mm. But there's people that ha go through the menopause in their 20s and 30s. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there is definitely. And, you know, not everybody who goes through menopause will suffer greatly. You know, there's about what I think it's 25% of women experience no or little symptoms. You've got 50%, which is like where I sit myself, where you, you experience symptoms, they're not life debilitating, you know, but you but it's difficult and then you get help and then and then you go through that, but you feel the symptoms and you feel what's happening. And then there's 25% who are severely, severely um I suppose disabled is not the right word, but disabled in their in their habitat and the way that they are in life because of menopause symptoms. Those that can't sleep ever, those that are so hot and sticky and sweat profusely that they have to change their sheets at night 20 times. You know, that's the extreme. But with every extreme, there, there's the lighter effect as well that some people don't suffer. So you could be anybody. But also, it's really important. I was once on a TV show and I got absolutely battered by this woman of age who went through her menopause, absolutely came out of it free, no scaves, and said, well, it's all in your mind because I was absolutely fine. And my attitude and my response to that was, well, well done you. That's bloody amazing. But that's not Joe Bloggs sitting at home watching the show. Because I tell you now, you are, you, you're, you are not, what's the word I'm looking for? You're the you're not, exception you're not, to yeah, the rule. Yeah, yeah, you're not the standard. Right, not the yeah, standard. exactly. And you're it's not everyone else's experience. And it's not everybody else's experience. Everybody has different experiences. Um, Do you know, kind of, I know this is completely kind of random, but it also, almost kind of makes me think of COVID. I know that sounds really ridiculous, but I saw people who were 90-year-olds with COVID and who were like as if they've just had a little chesty cold. Mm -hmm. And then I've then seen 20-year-olds who have passed away from COVID. Yeah, of course. And I've seen every variation in between. You think, how is this person? One person's actually fine. The other person has a very different experience. And so, you know, it, it, it's absolutely true that just because something is, is, is as you've had it and that was the card you were dealt it doesn't mean that actually for other people or even other vast majority of people yeah. that they might experience that and I wonder do you think that that's part of over the years why it's been like oh don't be silly just you know you've just gone through the menopause or whatever do you think that's yeah. some of the attitude where people have kind of gone well no I am I'm absolutely fine with it therefore I'm going to be and everyone else is being weak about it yeah I think that definitely has a play on to how people's attitudes are for those who are going through it or those experiencing symptoms I think also it's it's lack of knowledge and like w without calling out all the men in the world you know if they don't know what menopause symptoms are and 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 how to go about it then how can they talk to the women? It's a very difficult area. You know, I've been implementing and I've been involved in actually education in the workplace for men, dealing with their co-workers who are going through menopause and being a little bit more easy to live with um, on their, for, for their benefit and how to deal with it. And I think that's hugely important. Unfortunately, we're not really at that place where that's really accepted just yet. I mean, and also you've written obviously the book in 2019. Um, why did you feel it was important to write about this topic? Was it kind of to get, does it kind of get down your experiences that would help other people? Was there a part of it that's almost cathartic sharing that stuff? Um, one of the reasons that I, I wrote it is because I wanted an account of how I was feeling. It started off as just like a memoir for me, it started off with a bit of a diary. And then when I realized that other women are going through it as well, and that my husband was experiencing 
an amount of pain and also sacrifice because of what I was going through. We we made the book together almost, and he wrote his own chapter in it from the husband's perspective. That's amazing. Yeah, actually. I didn't know. What, remind me, sorry. What was the name? Because hot. So the title of the book is Hot Flush Menopause and Me, and uh, yeah. So I, he wrote a full chapter on how he felt and what he witnessed and how he saw, I suppose, me deteriorate, not knowing what was happening to my body. I think that's A, it's incredible that you've actually had a kind of man's experience in that book. Um, because, you know, I, I talk about this a lot in mental health. I think we make a mistake that we often talk about men's mental health just amongst men, like as in campaigns, whereas by, whereby society actually um, create a situation where women are often much better at talking to men. Why not use the skill of women within creating conversations between men and women yeah. about men's mental health, not just getting men talking to men? It's often the kind of thing, oh, let's get men talking to each other. So, yeah, it's really important, absolutely. Huge role to play yeah. in that. But there's also, you're missing, like, not a trick, but you're missing an important part. Like, every, most women will have a man in their life that they care about. And equally, mm -hmm. if a woman's going through the menopause, most women will have, not necessarily they might not have a uh, male partner or a man or whatever, but they'll have, maybe they'll have a father or they'll have a brother or whatever. It affects yeah. people in their life. It and really that's also does. why, like, at schools, like, you know, at school, I remember when we did inverted commas sex education it was kind of the most loosest thing of, of that <laughs> of that we got separated and the boys learned boys stuff and the girls learned girls stuff yeah, like, why don't we teach boys others. about periods absolutely absolutely agree a hundred percent um i think that might be implemented actually in in, in aj's mm. sex ed um he's nine it's now. changed a lot now. it is it, changed it has a lot. changed a lot but i remember yeah. like back then i was but like back in the day yeah exactly the case, you know? but i think so when when i was doing like my promo tour for the book mm. Me and my husband um, was looking to do a few podcasts with men mm. um, and partners of the women who were going through menopause. And some of the stories were horrific. You know, the men were left or left in, you know, desperate times, not knowing what to mm. do for their loved one. And their loved one who was going through the menopause in a real, really bad way, you know, some people can be affected that bad. Um, he just he, he lost his wife and 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 she didn't want to be with him anymore and she yeah. left him. Um, you know that's just one example. Wow. You know yeah. again you know I, I I'm all for you know women's rights and all that. But but yes we go through this in our body but we have to remember that others who care about us suffer too mm. and it's really important. And then the more we talk about it the more that we might open up to our partners mm. and the more that our partners might ask us what can they do to help. Mm. Yeah, it's a very important point. In fact, you've raised something really important there, and the idea that we don't live in isolation. I mean, almost when you talk about addiction or like, you know, I actually, you know, when I kind of talk about kind of, and I'm still very much in coming to terms with having ADHD because it's actually it's clicked like a switch in my mind that mm -hmm. my life has suddenly made more sense than it probably ever has. And, and I've realized, oh, but like it's actually had an effect on so many other people's lives all the way through yeah. my life. I might have this, or I, this isn't, might be where I am, but there's so many other people's lives that has been affected. Yeah, it's, it's not, you don't live in silo. You don't live, like, we all, it's like that ripple effect across yeah. our life, like in every way that we meet in people. In everything, whether it's menopause, addiction, having mm. a bad day at work, not having, you know, the career that we want, it's not having good friends around us. Mm. It all has a knock-on effect to other people in life who are there for us. Mm. Um, and the more that we get talking yeah. between us, the better it is, you know, open mm. communication between me and my husband now mm. 
It's never been better. And we only really got that the last couple of years. Like, even though he wrote that chapter in the book, it was still very difficult for him to talk to me about these things. Um, I don't know whether he was scared or whether he was just nervous or because he doesn't know what to say to make things better. And But now, because we've got all communication, our relationship, as well as everything else around us, because it has that knock-on effect, it's just, it's just been so amazing. Thank you so much for sharing um, your experience. And again, to anyone, we'll leave notes and link below. Obviously, check out the book. You know, one of the best ways to learn about dealing with any challenge in life is to learn from the experience of people that have been through it. I think that shared experience is, uh, is a big part of, of getting through any challenge, actually, in many ways. Shall yeah. we do a health fact of the week? Yeah, let's do it. So, an eight-year study of nearly 1,200 adults who struggled with alcohol addiction showed that if you hit the five-year milestone, your chances of continuing lifelong sobriety increases to 85%. Wow. wow. I mean, five years is a long, is a long time, but I guess, mm-hmm. yeah, what's your reaction to that? What do you think? I think uh, that makes sense. Um, I, you know, the success rate for anybody under those five years is, is, um, is not great. Mm. I'm not going to lie. You know, the odds are against me are for relapse. Um, relapse is, is more common in early sobriety and in the first five years it really is and it does make sense I think the longer that you get it's, it's not just about clean time and sober time and, and you not wanting to knock that off the head it's that you become stronger you're able to cope in situations that used to baffle you you're able to say no and leave places when you need to leave and you just that just becomes your new norm you know um, this is my new life and whilst I'm clean and sober today. I can't tell you what I'm going to be like tomorrow because I'm not there yet. So so I live for the day. Because the problem I find sometimes when you think about milestones and long term, it's good to go right, reflect of where I am and all that. But do you think that, um, do you think sometimes looking for it all 10 years or 15 or 20 years sober, Uh, do that daunts people? Is it it actually focused on like today, tomorrow, today and tomorrow, I guess? Yeah, that's it. I mean, the whole, I I suppose in recovery and, and the work that we do to stay sober, it's all about keep it in the day. And that's because as soon as we start thinking about tomorrow or next week or what's going to happen in 10 years time, you know, we've, we, we've almost already saw a relapse in front of us. Yeah. And so it's like today I haven't drank. Yeah. I'm going to go to bed sober and I'll wake up sober. Yeah. And, and, and I know last night I went to bed sober and I woke up sober and that's what I know today. Um, and as long as I, I keep it in the day, then I'm not, I'm not expending like effort and energy on looking at the future that, that I, I have no idea what the future is going to bring. It's kind of like, you know, people, and again, very different circumstance, not addiction, but people go, Alex, will you drink again? I don't know. I just, mm. very different, but I just focus on the well-being habits I want to generate at the moment. And yeah. I'm living my life as I want to today. And actually, to be honest, broadly, like dealing with things even like grief and so on, and just difficult things in your life. Sometimes when you start playing forward too much, it becomes so overwhelming. Like, oh, how am I ever going to get to the point where this is okay? Or that's okay in my yeah. life. Like if you want to ask much. me, would I ever drink again? I can't answer that. I can just say that I have no intention to drink again, but I can't tell you what's going to happen in the future. As long as I keep doing what I'm doing and working my recovery, then I won't drink again. I think it's focusing on the power of now, isn't it? The moment you're in and and harnessing that. Thank you so much for joining me on the Stompcast. It has been 
incredible. You've been so kind and sharing and honest and open. And you've been an amazing guest. I really appreciate Aww. your time. Have you enjoyed it? I really have. It's been it's been wonderful. And we've got our steps up. We've done a lot of walking today. We've done a lot of steps. Um, um, we've got happy pups, happy team. Beautiful. Everyone's happy. The team's smiling. And uh, I just want to say, from a personal perspective, thank you for all your work that you do as well. I know that a lot of my friends who have been suffering from mental health illnesses and um, and and still do and and loss and grief and and everything in between, um, they have to seek solace in in what you do and your podcasts and and what you put up on social media. You know the same way that I do for for people as well. Like what we have is an amazing platform that people can see what we go through to know that they're not alone. And you've done an amazing job, so I'm really proud of you. Thank you. I, I, that means a lot to me, actually, for you to say that. And yeah, I, I, I echo all of that back at you. I'm just in awe of, of your strength and your, your ability to share. So thank you very much. And again, to everyone, thank you for joining us on the Stompcast. If you're affected by any of the issues, please jump in the show notes and just know, well, exactly as you said, you're not alone. Take care and goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.